Shack on the Conquering Stress podcast. This is a special edition. Right now we're sitting in March of 2020 and we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic scare, whatever you want to call it. I wanted to take this time out because, because there's so much fear going on and misinformation. People are kind of going crazy in the streets. So I thought I'd bring together I, I'm kind of lucky in the in the fact that I was thinking I'm good. I got to bring some experts together, who who can explain this and, and calm everybody down because it's just getting crazy out there. And I I looked and I'm like, wow, you know what? I got some pretty good friends. And um, mm -hmm. you know, you'll be listening to this. You're gonna you're gonna see a bunch of different doctors and specialists and experts in their area. But there's and sometimes it gets a little heady. And you know we're talking about things to do, and and my whole deal is you know I'm a doctor. I do functional medicine, functional neurology, and all the ology stuff. But none of that matters at all until we get into the mind and how how our headspace is because that's where you make your decisions. And I I was thinking I'm going you know who's one of the best communicators I know, and this man came up first and foremost in my head. And you know, um, it's Glenn Morshower. You probably know him from, if you've watched 24, it's currently on The, the Resident. Um, <laughs> I know if you've been to Universal Studios, you've seen him entering the things. But my favorite thing in how, <laughs> how I really know him, because actually, Glenn, we've known each other for a while, and, and I haven't seen many of your movies, I think. Uh, but I, we know him from the personal development space and his talk and his group in the extra mile was one of the most and I've seen Tony Robbins I've you know I've seen everybody and Glenn is one that makes me laugh and cry at the same time because he just has an, an artful form of communicating so without further ado Glenn welcome I, I really appreciate you showing up and helping out in this time I know that's where your heart's at, but I really appreciate you taking the time out and hanging out with me. Dr. Bill, you are entirely welcome. Uh, it, is a, it is a special time to be giving, frankly. I think that if we can simply push aside panic and, and replace it with, how can I be giving right now? What, what could I be doing? We're, we've been given a laundry list of things that we can't do or should not be doing in order to be compliant. Um, and that's fine, but there is, uh, there is an opportunity here before us to think about what we can be doing. And it has been said in metaphysics that what we focus on increases, and that's entirely true. What do we want to focus on? Certainly, if we focus on panic, then panic increases. If we focus on uh, dread, then dread increases. And if we focus on love, then love increases and, and so forth. So uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No, and, and, and I appreciate that because that's the message that we want to get a, uh, across. And, and we've been talking about doing, you know, things that you can do to increase your immunity and like, like that. But um, what, what I wanted to get across was exactly that message you have. Because every time I hear you speak, and, and for everyone listening, whether it's personal or you hear Glenn from the stage, He's always the same person. There's not two Glenn Moore showers. Um, sometimes we wish there, there were because there'd be more of you to spread around. But it's always the same message. You have this heart and you have the way of giving it. We were talking off 
camera or off offline for a second here. And what really I think the term here, the technical term, is privately. Privately, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's why I brought him on so that he, you know, he could correct me. That uh, yeah. So, but one of the things you, we were talking about is okay. We're we're going to focus on love and gratitude and bringing together. And I personally think that we have an opportunity with all this stuff as a great reframe. And I think that people are going to have uh, a chance to uh, get together, maybe miss each other a little bit where we, we kind of get in, in, you know, we get in the ruts of our lives and, and things. But one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, some of us with certain level of income are going to be impacted, but other ones where there's no, you know, there's very little wiggle room. What are you advising people like that to do? What What do you mean by there's very little wiggle room between what well, and what? Well, well you know, we're, when people are literally paycheck to paycheck. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. and going, going through. I mean, how, how are you advising your mentees? Well, uh, there is no central solution, first of all. I, I don't believe there is, and I don't think you do either, that there is a one thing, just like I tell my actors in my workshop, there's not one way to do a scene. There are many ways and you just have to decide what is most effective. Uh, the first thing that I would suggest, and first of all, this is my first conversation about it. I've done three Facebook lives this week, so I'm additionally honored not only because I value you and you're my bud, uh, I also really admire your lightheartedness. I admire your sense of humor. I think that that is helping people to stabilize, especially the ones that are deeply panicked. And I understand the whys and, and we'll get into that. But I think the first thing, and this is off the cuff, this is not a planned response because what I love about the interviews that I do, and you seem fine with proceeding this way, is to not try to plan it out in advance. It's too much work. I will be asking you these <laughs> questions and then you know, let me send them to you, you know, 24 hours in advance and you think about it. Because then we're not really speaking from our gut. You know, it's, it's a lot of planned communication and this is not what we're doing. What we're doing is having a, con a conversation like you would with anyone randomly. And what comes up for me, Bill, is that I think you, I think we all do our best when we make up our mind and make up our minds to come from what is as opposed to coming from what we wish were. Because right now, I think there's a tremendous tendency to camp out in the mindset of what we wish were true. I, I can't think of anyone who would prefer this be going on, who would prefer that this be going on right now. I haven't met that person. And if I do meet them, I will steer very clear from them. Uh, nobody wants this to be going on, but it is. So we have to start from, and I'm, I'm really not joking about this, the acceptance of, okay, whether we like it or not, whether it's comfortable or not, and it isn't, whatever it is, it is what's going on. So that being said, we can always go from, from what is and uh, that gives us a chance to vent whatever frustrations we're having about it, whatever financial panic might be there. Um, we do what what seems right to do. And for some people, it will be um, the decision to uh, move in with one another. They may not 
be within, you know, we've been given this social distancing uh, measurement of approximately six feet. And uh, I wanted to add to that, I'm not going to stray from topic, but tonight, Carolyn and I were out walking around and, um, you know, we, we ran into several people on the street who were also out walking and everyone was keeping the appropriate distance. And I also had the additional thought that that six feet rule should probably be uh, uh, juggled or adjusted, if you will, based on wind conditions if you're outdoors. And, and I've not heard anybody talk about it, but it occurred to me, and this is not being panicked, but if you're not wanting to breathe what is up in someone's face, if you're wanting to be careful of that, you might note if you're up or downwind or where you are relative to anything you don't want to breathe in, and you might just choose to be a little bit further away if you're downwind of someone else. Again, this is just science and nothing more. So we had a fairly, a fairly uh, brisk wind uh, going outside tonight. And I thought, okay, so we'll stand a little bit further apart. And it was fine. As, as far as your, your point, I mean, it's in the best case scenario, it's still tough. I think that we might find that people have certain gifts that can be tapped into via the internet. I think that gives us certainly the option of being supportive of social distancing. I mean, my business, my business of teaching in between, which is my weekly business, whereas making movies and so forth, even the resident for me is not weekly because I have several episodes I don't do uh, this year and I'll leave to do a movie. But the truth is most actors have a lot of downtime. I teach during that downtime and I find it extremely fulfilling. Well, that just came to a grinding halt with regard to being able to go to the studio. I teach a little over 100 actors on Mondays and Tuesdays combined. So we pulled the plug on physically meeting there. We had the week off this week anyway. And now we completely reshuffle the deck and come up with something that, frankly, I'm an admitted Cro-Magnon man at, which is this idea of going to Zoom. And and this is, I was telling you before we came on live, this is my first experience with Zoom. And it's very helpful because I'm going to be extremely dependent on this. I think the first thing you have to do is uh, I'm hoping that our government will provide some help for those who are paycheck to paycheck. Um, how they will go about doing that, I don't know. But in a time of crisis, I don't really think it matters. I would frankly love it if we could recognize as a world that we are facing a global pandemic, which should by all right, if everyone wants to be a player, okay? And this only can come from a community-minded consciousness. I'm sorry that I'm rambling, but I am finding no, no, my no, way this, to a point. This is great because we're talking okay. from our hearts and, and I have you on here exactly for what you're doing. You keep going. Right, okay. Go so so what, I'm, what I'm feeling is that... Um, uh, what I would what I would love, but it, I will tell you that it really only works if people push everything in aside and at aside and agree that this is a time that is um, that is meant for us to be neighborly, that is meant for us to be community minded, and we might for just a short while. And I know it's very foreign to the average person. We might have to put money aside, meaning thoughts of money we may have to, for a very short time, basically post, uh, put the, uh, 
what am I thinking? I press the pause button on the remote control of life, the metaphorical remote control, and everyone hunkers down to simply helping each other. And it, it might need to be helping minus money, like everybody, so that the people who normally would be employing someone, if those people are shut down, we're, all I know is we're going to have to come up with some solution or it's going to be the old West, the wild West, because um, again, this is not a panicked mindset, but Carolyn and I sat down the other day and talked about the feasibility of, of some, or at least some of the potentialities that could unfold as a result of this. And because we live in a gun toting state, uh, it didn't surprise me when one of my students sent me uh, a link that showed a huge line of people waiting to purchase guns. And it, that's where their consciousness went, is they're comfortable. And so for those who are uncomfortable, they're probably coming after my stuff. And so I need to go get armed right now, which to me is exactly backward of the love mindset. It's backward of grabbing hands and holding and helping each other. That is the dog eat dog world mentality. That is separatist thinking. That is exactly what we don't need in our country and or in our world of thinking because of this virus, I need to start planning who I'm going to execute. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. So uh, spending time talking with friends, put, putting out on the internet that maybe you're experiencing a hard financial time right around the corner, that you, your restaurant you were working in has shut down. Is there any way that I could be of service to you, meaning to someone else who, who could potentially have a job for me, and put out as many feelers as is humanly possible? I do think that you're going to see the compassion rise within people in general. It certainly was true out on the street today, just out walking, that every single person, every single person I passed, which is, I think, and it wasn't like it was packed, but they were all doing the same thing. They were trying to give their minds a break. And this was shortly before sundown, about 30 minutes before sundown here in Dallas. Every person whose path we crossed, I said to them, uh, wishing you, wishing you and your loved ones good health. Not hello. That was my greeting. I held a hand. I know these people. They're in our neighborhood. I didn't know any of them. And every one of them looked at me and smiled. Big smile, like that deep, connected, soul-to-soul -soul smile when you recognize that we're, we're members of the human race and that we are brothers and sisters. That's the truth. Everything else is bullshit. The, the deepest truth and the, and the deeper we drill and the deeper someone is in unison with their very core, the more they will feel in oneness with all people. If you are feeling separate from all people, I promise you, you're not dialed into your core. Because as we go deeper and deeper and deeper, well beneath all the scar tissue, the wounds of how people have done you wrong and family members who raised you poorly or a husband or wife that divorced you or cheated on you or whatever you're walking around feeling scarred by, that was my cat insisting on being part of our, <laughs> our talk, whatever we're insisting on being scarred by, we're, we're keeping ourselves from knowing the deeper truth, which is oneness. And so these events like 9-11 and this coronavirus have come along and it's not only bad. It's bad, but it's not only bad because there's a lot of good. Here's one, and I want you to be the first to hear this. I ran this thought yesterday. I shared it with Carolyn this morning. 
and I'm going to share it with your audience right now. While yes, this is problematic and people are dying, I wonder if anyone has even mentioned this. I'll promise you without even doing research, I'm coming from common sense to make this deduction. I'll promise you that highway deaths and traffic deaths are way down because there are very, there are a lot fewer people on the roads. And every year we lose in between like 65 and 80,000 people on US roads alone. And so while yes, people are dying with this virus, there are, there are not people dying on the road. So, and at the end of the day, if you think about it, it's kind of a coin toss as to how we die. All of us are going to die at some point. Are you going to die because somebody was texting and jumped a curb and ran over your ass? Are you going to die from a disease? Are you going to die from an airplane crash? Are you going to die because you, you laughed at, at uh, Dr. Bill's jokes and at the time you were eating a sandwich and you choked on a friggin' sandwich? You know? You know, I, I I'm going to shut up for a bit. I hope I've said something of value. No, I, 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 you, you always do, and that's why you're here. Because I was going over the same thing. And I was talking to actually a couple patients today, and they, they said the same thing. Said, um, it feels sort of like 9-11. And 9-11 was a tragedy, it was. But when we look after what happened after 9-11 was beautiful. Mm -hmm. all, all of a sudden, every house had a flag on it. Every neighbor that was, and you had Republicans, and you had Democrats, and you had gays, and you had straights, and you had left-handed and right-handed and purples and blues. And everybody came together because now there was a new common enemy. And we came mm. together. And I call it the Ingalls factor because I always go back to Little House on the Prairie because I'm a child of the 70s. And mm -hmm. I remember going back over there. The Ingalls always had a difficult time. The crops were down. Pa didn't have a job like that. And what happened was the Ingalls and all the people of um, Walnut Grove, except for that damn Nellie Olson, um, would come together <laughs> and, um, and, and they would come together and they would do barn raisins or they would, they would help with their, their, the crops. They would come together and they didn't really have a pot to piss in, but they were so happy at the end and they were greater people for it. And I think you're exactly right, Glenn, is while we're having this panic and the panic for what it is, because it's, I, I think it's blown out of proportion. Media did a terrible job with it, but that's over here and it doesn't matter because, like you said, it's what is. Once the 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 panic kind of comes out and, and we just bring it down a couple notches, I think you're right. We're going to look together and we're going to say, you know what? I'm a plumber and I'm not sitting over here. My neighbor over there, who I've only waved to for the last three years, is elderly, and I saw her over there and i think i'm going to go clean her pipes or make sure her toilets are going good mm -hmm. um, we're going to have people that are in the streets who normally aren't home at the same time at least for any amount of time are going to go out and say how are you doing and you're going to get to know people i think families are going to get back together i think you're going to look across over at, at your family and say you know what you you, you look familiar but who are you and I mm -hmm. think we're going to have a better community because we simply do have a common enemy now and it's this little squiggly bug. And, 
and if we take the right action, and exactly why I wanted to have you on, on the show, and having a another message that's saying, it's not all bad. We can come together and put our differences aside for a while and come back stronger than before. Agreed. And I, and I also think here's another idea that uh, just popped back into my head, something I've considered a lot since we've been hunkered down, which has been since about last Friday, uh, really staying just here at the house, uh, going out only for the essentials and, and keeping plenty of distance, only not because I'm fearful, but because I realize that if we honor those protocols, then we're, we're minimizing this chance, this thing's chance to keep on expanding. And, and that's just a, that's a truth. If you think about this on the, on the what if realm, Bill, on the what if, what if everybody, whether they agree with it or not, how about that? What if, what if we just gave up our egotistical bullshit and for a change took one for the team? What if we didn't even agree, but we went, wait a minute, I may not agree, but for the betterment of the team, can't I shut my shit down for a couple of weeks? If it, first of all, if it even might benefit our human race, and this is where you're going to see me get jacked up and it is not a performance. This is my actual passion, my dear brother. Couldn't we do that if it even might help? And if we wouldn't, then I would beg the question, what is going on with your heart, my dear brother? I don't mean yours. I mean any human being. Like, what is going on with your heart that you won't set everything aside to try to help this awful situation? You know and what? it might be that that's what it takes, because if we don't, if we don't all do that, if everybody went in those who were infected, it would do whatever it's going to do, whether they heal from it, which most would, as you know, and then there would be those who don't. That is not said discompassionately. It is an, it is an awful thing, but we know that it's a numbers game and there will be those that don't. But then again, on every regular day of life, people die from the flu of any kind, on every day of life, somebody gets run over because a dipshit was texting. And every day of life, a drunk goes out and kills somebody on the highways. That's every single day. It is inherent with life that you, by being in a human body, are at risk. You can do things to mitigate. You can do nothing to eliminate. And so the idea that you're going to eliminate risk is, is just means you're you're living in a fantasy world, but I think it's smart when we're facing something of this magnitude to do what we can to mitigate that. And, and what, what are we doing, I think, is the question on an individual basis. Here is the thought, though, that I said popped back into my mind. This is key for everyone to hear. And that is that this is not uniquely happening to anyone. Therefore, if you're concerned that you can't pay your landlord, hey, your landlord gets it because it's also happening to your landlord. It's happening to everyone. And the universality of it can't help but breed compassion. It can't help. As you said, we share a common enemy. And I'm sorry if I'm yelling in your ear, dude. That's okay. That's okay. You go, boy. 
I'm, you know, I've got this microphone right here next to my mouth <laughs> and I'm jacked up. But the reality is we are unified whenever we face something that is commonly adversarial. We're, we're unified in that. So I can't imagine if someone didn't have uh, rent, for example, that the first call would be eviction because, first of all, who the hell is going to come to rent? <laughs> to replace the person that's always there because the potential renter is in the same bucket of shit. So it is going to shut things down for a while and we are being called upon as a species. I'm going to just go ahead and say this to wake the fuck up. That a boy, you go. You we're, go. we're seriously being called like I'm 60. I'll be 61 in April at no time in my life. Have I seen our world be called to wake the fuck up because 9-11 that was an attack that happened on u.s soil uniquely 9-11 didn't happen to everyone that day they felt compassion about it but they were able to joyously steer clear they were able to wipe their hands and go well you know thank god it wasn't our country no country has that privilege anymore so we are globally unified. Therefore, the only solution will be found collectively, not separately. It'll be found when we globally finally get off our egotistical, I'm right, you're wrong, and because you're wrong and I disagree, I'm going to bomb you, because that's what I think is the solution. We can grab hands and figure this shit out. But we're going to do so from love, and we're going to do so from connectedness, and we're not going to do so from self-righteousness. And we're not going to have leaders that are giving out false facts. Thankfully, our leader has come to an awakened place more and more. But the fact that at one time he was willing, I'm sorry, I'm, this is about the extent of my politics here. But the fact that we had someone who was willing to speak out on a subject upon which he was not informed to do so is very, very telling. It's very telling and it's very concerning that someone would speak out on something that has scientific fact surrounding it. And if you're going to speak out, you really have no right to speak out scientifically. You can speak out emotionally. That's what I'm doing. But I'm admitting that I'm only speaking from an emotional and mindset perspective. I am not a scientist. I don't have the data to express what, what is going on scientifically. So I know when to open and when to close my mouth. And I think we can ill afford to have people talking out of their ass at this time about subjects that, which they know nothing about. And that concerns me. Fortunately, it seems that the, the playing field has been leveled somewhat and uh, assistants and associates have been elbowing our leadership and saying, hey, you can't do this. You can't tell everybody it's going to be fine and that there isn't an issue because you're sending them out to behave as if nothing has changed and you're putting them on the front lines of potential danger. So um, anyway, you know that's. No, that, that's, that's great. But, but you know what's interesting when you. You'll never see me get more political than that, by the way. That was the extent of it. Well, okay. What? You can be as political as you want. The, what, what really resonated with me, what you were saying is. So if we set us ourselves and take one for the team. Yes. For two weeks. And what's going through my mind is what if we're willing to take two weeks out and take one for the team? What, and, and what I like you said was 
whether we like it or not, because it's for the yeah, team. Yeah, whether you like you, in other words, your opinion about it is irrelevant. Yeah, because it's for the team. But what I go beyond is okay, so after that two weeks, what else would we be willing to do for the team? Do you think that maybe that two weeks would enlighten us as to what that yeah. is? Yeah. So what else? Ooh, so, maybe we're onto something. Maybe yeah. there's an education. Maybe it's not possible to know what is two curves around the next bend in the river. But, but if we get to the next curve, we can better see what's coming. So I'm thinking more shower Janishak 2020. <laughs> hey, here's my hat. I'm throwing it in. Holy shit, it appears that my hat just removed all of my hair. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, I'm on that ticket and I will I will bow to you Bill and let you be the president. I will go for the vice presidency. Fair enough? I love good, it. Good enough. But it it had dawned on me too because to me looking from the the good that's going to come from this is we're going to have some sort of reset. We had and I had done a, a Facebook Live talking about what, so if you're afraid of this, and we're coming from a place of, of fear, and we're talking about that, you're afraid of something. You're afraid of sickness, death, um, that, that you're, you know, easily, you know, influenced by the media. So that's a call to action that once this is over, that you do something about it, right? Because you don't yes. to rectify something. So what if the, the same effect is, what if this two weeks off of just like you said, just stop it, just stop all the crazy stuff. And it's a world reset. It's not uniquely happening to us. Right. That what if we sat over and we, we took some other stuff for the team and we, we quit, you know, um, yelling at people on the street or cutting people off in traffic or yep. everything else. What if this Which I don't do either one of, by the way. No. And I mean that. I'm, I'm proud to say I don't do either one of those things. No, and, and neither do I. I. I go like this. I go, come on in. You, you obviously have somewhere to go. It's, fast, it's faster than me. And it also, it also increases everything in your life instead of being disruptive to you. The minute we engage road rage, road rage we're the ones who are ill affected by that. that, that what, that's what's so funny. We lose our shit. And then the person drives off and they're completely unaffected by it. And we're the ones that are all jacked up. Yeah. And, and it's, it's happening all between our ears. So th this is, this is what I want the message to get and why I had you on is because these are, this is the message that people aren't really here. They're hearing the gloom and the doom, the everything bad. And, and no doubt about it. This is, this is a crazy time. And this is not, this is not something we would choose. But sometimes the things that I find that, that turn out best aren't always the things that we choose. In your talk, you talk about listen to the whisper. Yes. Maybe this whisper, maybe, maybe God, the universe, whatever the listeners are choosing to believe in, has been whispering to us for a long time to slow the fuck down. Yes. And maybe he had to scream for a little while to get our attention. Yes. And maybe it's time for us to stop and listen and, and hear the message of, okay, we can't do anything about the laws, the, the virus, uh, the things that we're being forced to do. Can't stop you from smiling at your neighbor. Yep. Can't, can't help you but, but coming from a place of 
you know what? I'm grateful that I'm not sick. I'm grateful that my parents and my kids are fine. I'm, and I'm, I'm grateful my friends are all, I'm grateful I have friends that I can turn to and have conversations like this. You know, for the listeners out there, and I, I, you may be angry and may not, what if you just sat down and thought or better wrote out a list of 10 things or 100 things that you're grateful for? I wonder how that would change perspectives of what's going on and how will you sh how will you show up tomorrow waking up in gratitude mm -hmm. so just a thought glenn i know that you have a um, a facebook live to get to and i want to be respectful of your time and i'm just appreciative of you being out here is there anything okay. else you want to parting wisdom no not for now except that maybe we can call this part one and it can be continued and then if you would after you close it out i would like to still stay on the line with you for another minute because i've got something i want to suggest but right now i think just a, a call to action you know they say that all good talks all inspirational uh talks uh if they are if they are doing their job that they they end with a call to action Yep. And sometimes even begin with a call to action. But the call to action that I would like to offer up is go help at least, at least one person. At least one. And more is great if you're able to do that. But choose someone that you can be of assistance to. And certainly social media opens up those options to be able to help a lot of people emotionally. On this Facebook Live, I'm able to emotionally uplift thousands of people. And I wouldn't be able to visit with a thousand people if I were doing one-on-ones the rest of the year. You know that, so it's, it, it does increase our uh, field of influence. But whether it's going and, and, and picking up groceries, I think that's one of the greatest things that we can do for the elderly right now. Now my own mother is 82 years old and we went and spent her birthday with her, which was on Friday. Um, on Friday the 13th, she turned 82 and, and we agreed that, that we just didn't want to spend it separately. But after that, she wanted to start practicing some social distancing. And, uh, because we are still doing the basics of going to the grocery store and getting the things that are needed, albeit ever, you know, mindful of social distancing and not just because of what could happen to us, but because of what we could potentially be carrying, which of course is from the authorities that are saying that you can be asymptomatic for a while but still be a carrier. Um, we shouldn't walk around assuming that we are carriers, but we should assume that anybody could be. Anybody could be. It's not a negative thought, just could. And so if it could happen, then you want to be respectful. So we are, because my, my mother is very able-bodied, the few things that we need, we can both help her and honor her request for social distancing. So we're gonna go pick up groceries and place them on her front porch and let her know, cause she's physically able to do things. And if it was someone that was less capable, then uh, if someone's completely incapable, they usually have a helper of some kind, some live in help, then they can do the lifting once the groceries get inside. But there are ways that we can do this. Um, I'm going to be offering a lot of stuff during this time, because frankly, you remember when you said that you were 
I don't know if you said you were, you were busy or you didn't use busy. And I said, I'm, I said, I'm un whatever that was. Do you remember what it was? Um, I sent you, I could look at it on my phone. Let me look at it because it was, it was kind of funny. Oh, you said, oh unslammed. unslammed. Yes. I said, I'm, I'm completely unslammed. I'm the opposite of slam. <laughs> I have nothing but free time. So good Lord, we all have free time right now. And I would think that a huge portion of that free time could be devoted toward being of service. I know that in, in all of the 12 step programs, they talk about being of service, being the solution to everything. Because if you can stop dwelling on your own shit, whatever that is, and trade feeling sorry for yourself in to just be in action on behalf of another human being, then surprisingly, both during and following whatever action choice you take, you discover suddenly I've healed myself, right? And you healed yourself because you were helping someone else. And it turns out that helping others is the most direct path to helping ourselves. That that's it. Oh my God, maybe we've just figured out life. That when we go into helping another, we are in fact helping ourselves. And if we seek to help ourselves, if that's the goal, everybody break off into your own corner and privately satisfy yourself. Not only does it become an emotionally masturbatory world, but it also disconnects us at a time when we need to be the opposite, which is connected. So, um, yeah, we got a lot of free time and I'm not going to sit on my butt and spend all of my time. Uh, I'm not, I'm, one of the things I committed to is I will not be gaining weight during this time just because there's a lot of time to sit around and eat. I'm not going to eat anymore and I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to be taking my walks and getting my exercise and, um, and trying to counsel as many people as I can of seeing the divine presence in this or the beauty for those who are atheists, we won't refer to it as a divine presence. We'll just call it the beauty in this because everyone's clear on the thing that's not beautiful about it, which is pain and ultimately potential loss of life. Not beautiful. But is that the only thing that's going on? And the answer is no, it's not. And again, I, I like the idea of we can just take a look at different ways to die because I'll promise you the highway tolls they have to be down right now because I'm looking around. There are a lot less people on the roads and people are hunkered down in their house. And by numbers alone, you can safely deduce that fewer people on the roads means fewer people dying on the roads That's and true. probably a lot fewer. Um, so I'm, I, I, you know, I just feel like we will get through this. I don't know how long, but I know that if we make good choices and community themed choices, versus individualized choices, we will get through it faster. Uh, selfishness will not accelerate the pace through which this goes away. It will actually, um, it will increase the amount of time that this stays here. But if we can get community-minded and behave with a community-themed uh, response, and one more thing, Bill, this is a time for a response, not a reaction. That's why they call people they come to help us when we're, you know, somebody goes flying through a windshield, they call first responders. Yeah. They don't call first reactors, you know, first responders. And we all need to become masterful responders here. What I wouldn't want, if I were laying out on the street in an accident, what I wouldn't want is a first reactor where the person comes up and goes, oh my God, this is terrible. 
you're probably going to die. Oh, my God. That's not who I want helping me. Right? So we need to find a way to become re responders instead of reactors. And the question becomes, what is it that brings about for me and from me the healthiest responder I have available within me? What is my healthiest response to everything that's going on? And then really camp out in that and nothing else. The spirit of love will be the spirit with which we do all things, but we've got to come from a place of response and not reaction. You know what, I'm, I'm gonna steal that. No, no I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference you three times for that, then I'm gonna steal it as my own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, Which one, about being a first responder versus yes, a first yeah, reactor? Because I, I, think, I think that sentence kind of sums everything up because it is a response and and again i i think that the 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 weirdness and the little bit of panic was actually appropriate because this is new and it's good and and as we get through that we have to take a step back and respond and start thinking with our heads and um and more with like you said with our hearts to get it back out so i Again, I, this is exactly the message and this is exactly why I wanted to have you, your voice on this and your heart and everything else. It's my pleasure, brother. I appreciate it. So everybody on this, I say this all the time uh, about the podcast, but especially this, get out and share this uh, with everybody. But right now, there's going through your head right now, there's probably three to five people that you're going, you know what, this was Glenn's awesome, we saw him on this show or that show or this movie. And um, I had no idea he was that smart and uh, share that with him because this may be the thing that will change somebody's whole trajectory on their life. Not just yeah. getting through this, but their whole trajectory. So this is a Conquering Stress podcast and I will see you later.